it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. We are back with the Mile High Report radio podcast. Ian St. Clair and I are super excited. Um, We're going to talk about football. Not just practice, but we're going to do a, a game preview. And so we are going to jump into that. And Ian, I know that it's sort of silly to get excited about preseason football, but we do this every year, right? Where you get to this point and it's like every step towards opening day, if you will, uh, or towards the first game of the actual season is a milestone that we get excited about. Uh, and generally speaking, what we do is I get excited about it and then you uh, tell me to calm myself down. So go ahead. Yeah. Just. Go ahead. It, it it's football, but it's not really football. <laughs> it's not. It's not football. It's preseason football, but it is something that's that's worth talking about uh, because there are. Yes, it is. It's worth talking about. Look, you're the one who tweeted out your your game preview, which I love those things, by the way, and we we've talked about them in the past, but they are phenomenal for information about. The, the history of the team, the history of the the two franchises, the the you know. So in this case, you'll get good stuff about the Vikings, good stuff about the Broncos, and uh, how the two of them connect throughout the history of the sport, which is really kind of fun to do. Um, was there a favorite for you? One of, a favorite stat that you have 
uh, about the Broncos and Vikings that you tweeted out? I think the most interesting thing that came out of all of it is that this will only be the second time in 21 years the Broncos opened the preseason at home. So they obviously opened against the Seahawks in 2014 at home, a 21-16 win. But prior to that, you have to go back to 1997 when the Broncos beat the Bills 31 to 10 at Mile High Stadium. Wow, I guess I didn't. You hadn't. You know, you don't pay attention to those things. I guess I hadn't realized that. So 97 was a good year. You could say that, right? 97 was a good year. Um, 2014 was not. (laughs) It was not. No, it didn't end well. It was the end of John Fox. So a positive, a positive. So perhaps something good will come from this season, knowing that they're starting at home again uh, on the preseason. I guess that's an interesting way to look at that. Um, all right, well, let's let's get into actual football stuff. The last time we, we talked, the last time we, we put out a podcast, we talked about you know the first sort of phase of, of preseason, and, and you've been there a couple of times, and you've done some really good stuff with like Orange and Blue 760, uh, their Facebook Live stuff, we've seen you on it, which is great. Uh, what what have we seen? What have you seen since the last time we we chatted? Uh, that's happening at preseason, uh, at the practices that you think is important that we need to pay attention to, that we should be focused on. I think the best battles that you're going to see come the game on Saturday. So the two position groups to watch are going to be running back and tight end because they have guys listed at number one on the depth chart, who won't be number one on the depth chart come the opener against the Seahawks. And that's Devontae Booker and Jeff Hireman. I don't think either of those guys will be where they are right now on the depth chart. And I think one of them is going to be the surprise cut of camp, and that's going to be Jeff Hireman because he can't stay on the field and get healthy. So those are going to be the two positions that the two position groups that fans should watch come Saturday against the Vikings. And then the other aspect to watch is how do the running backs do against actual tackling? Because over the course of OTAs, minicamp, and now training camp, they haven't been tackled. So what happens when they actually face a defense who can wrap up and hit them? And I've said this to multiple people, and I'll say it here on the podcast, Devontae Booker is going to put the ball on the ground come Saturday. He will fumble. Whether or not he loses it or he recovers it, he will put the ball on the ground because that's what he does. Wow, generally speaking, I say I like your confidence, but I don't like your confidence there. I'd rather him not do that. Um, And then I, I think it'll be fun to watch this front seven. I really think the Broncos front seven – the Orange Rush. I'm actually wearing the shirt. Got the shirt on. Check it out, breakingtea.com. Grab yourself an Orange Rush shirt for the season because it's going to be fun this year. Uh, I continue on. And if you want to to get the link, you can go to Ryan Edwards. He's with Orange and Blue 760. He tweeted out a picture of the shirt. So that's where you can find the link. And don't you have it pinned to your Twitter profile? Oh, yeah, uh, uh, pinned to my Twitter profile and uh, – it's a it's definitely a shirt that's in my shirt rotation. Every guy out there has a shirt rotation, and uh, uh, this that's a shirt that's in my rotation. But I think 
no joking aside, Bradley Chubb has been impressive. He, I mean, there is a tweet that was sent out today from Anthony Rodriguez with Orange and Blue 760 about just how basically impossible it is to block him because he has the strength and he has the speed on, on with his first step. And he's gotten consistently better over the course of camp. So I think the front seven is going to be fun to watch, even if it's just a series or two against Kirk Cousins. And then the cornerback depth, because I think that's one thing that people are going to be concerned about. I know when I was on earlier this week with with uh, the first and 10 guys, Ryan Edwards, Andrew Mason, and Steve Atwater, Steve asked me about how concerned I am about the depth at cornerback. And I, and I, and I said, not at the moment. I, it's not something that people should be concerned about because Tremaine Brock hasn't been on the field. Brendan Langley needs to get more reps because Chris Harris said that he, he just hasn't played the position. He needs to get better. He, and he needs to, he needs to get the reps so he can get the experience. So I, at this point, that would be something to watch to see how they perform because all this is, aside from staying healthy, is to see what kind of depth you have. The key you, you mentioned the key there, and it's the stay healthy part. Uh, I, I think that it's imperative to remember that when you go into this game, you're you're not going to be watching a lot of starters for very long, and there are probably going to be guys that that are out there for one series or even just a few plays, just to get their beak wet, so to speak. And then and then get out of there. I, I I'm with you on that though. The cornerback position, the defensive back position, seems to be one that is in a lot of flux. And I, I would say it's sort of surprising to me that losing one player in Akib Talib has had such a, a sort of a domino effect on the entire you know the entire secondary, at least in the minds of most of the fans out there. Uh, you see somebody like that who is clearly an All Pro, one of the best. You know, he's a top five cornerback in the NFL. And one of the things that the Broncos could boast for the last few seasons was having two top five cornerbacks in the NFL. They can't say that anymore right now. And that that is a concern. But I bring that back to your point about the front seven. And, and I don't think this is something we're going to see much of against Minnesota on Saturday. That's it's sort of not, obviously, with the starters really not playing much, it's not something you're going to really be able to notice. But when we get into the football season, when we start watching actual football games, what you're going to see is a Broncos team that's, that has a disruptive enough front seven that some of the shortcomings in the secondary will be masked by that. And I think that that's one of those balanced things that you get that the Broncos really didn't have at times last year. They were able to stop the run, but they struggled in the past because they didn't get the same amount of push because they didn't have that threat like they had that sort of dual threat with DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller. Now you've got Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. You've, you've got guys like uh, you know Shane Ray who looks like they're just going to try and put him in that position of you're just a pass rush specialist. You're, not, you're never going to be a, an every down guy. Uh, you know, Shaq Barrett's going to be kind of the same, I think. They're going to have a solid rotation. And then in the middle, I, you're going to see guys like Domita Pecco, and you're going to see uh, you know, you're going to see Wolf be disruptive like he always is. And that's just going to continue to build. You know, Gatsas, you know, we haven't talked about him much, but I've heard in the last few days he's looked really good at camp as well. So I think that front seven is going to be what holds it down for the Broncos. And so 
missing a keep to leave, knowing that Roby's going to have to step up, worrying about Langley, wondering what's going on with Tremaine Brock. I think that'll all sort of work itself out just based on the disruption that you're going to see up front. Well, the other player to keep an eye on, because we've obviously the hype for Cortland Sutton has been through the roof because he has been consistently one of the best, if not the best performers on the field. So it, obviously it'll be interesting to see what he does come a game and a different opponent. But Isaac Yadam has stepped up and, and taken advantage of the reps that he's been able to get with, with Brock being out. So that will be another interesting aspect to watch come Saturday as well, because that's one of the, that's one of the concerns with this team right now is the depth at cornerback, because if one of them gets hurt, especially if, if Brock has this injury that lingers throughout the course of the regular season, that could become a problem. Yeah. You got to have, you got to have multiple players that can step into multiple roles. The other thing I think will be interesting to see is how they use Justin Simmons. Uh, it seems like they've got him in a position where he could be uh, moved around a lot, not just be playing safety, but they may end up having him in the slot at times. Um, they, he just looks like a guy who could go almost anywhere. Um, so that, that to me is another thing that sort of helps the defense out and makes them a little bit stronger and maybe will assuage some of your concerns a little bit when it comes to uh, that particular aspect of the team. Um, you mentioned Cortland Sutton and I am, ex I'm excited enough about him. I do one thing every year in fantasy football. This is, uh, Adam Alnati's fantasy football seconds. Cause I'm not, I hopefully won't do a full minute. I pick one guy in the 15th round. So I take care of my defense and my kicker, you know, before this. And then in the last round of every fantasy, I pick a rookie that I think is going to be an impact rookie. Last year, I got Alvin Kamara in the 15th round of my fantasy football draft. Rode that kid all the way to the championship. Championship. This year, I, I'm I try and stay away from from Denver Broncos when it comes to this stuff. But Cortland, he looks like a guy that's worth worth taking a stab at, just because he looks like he's going to make a huge impact in the red zone. And so he's going to be. You talk about you know running backs who vulture uh, touchdowns. This is going to be a, a kid who I think ends up vulturing some touchdowns from guys like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and and whichever tight end they go with, probably Jake Butt. What we talked about on the most recent podcast was that from twenty from the twenty to the other twenty, the third receiver will be Deshaun Hamilton, and then inside the red zone, so inside the twenty, the third receiver will be Cortland Sutton. And that hasn't changed because Deshaun Hamilton has had just as strong of a camp as Cortland Sutton, but Cortland Sutton has had such a phenomenal camp that he's taken all of the highlights and all of the press clippings. So that this, this receiver class and this draft class as a whole through the first week and a half of camp is incredible. I mean, even Charlie Casserly raved about it after seeing him on Sunday, and that was when I was out there. Because you have, obviously, you have Bradley Chubb, you have Cortland Sutton, you have Royce Freeman, you have Deshaun Hamilton. And I don't even think he mentioned Deshaun Hamilton. No, I don't think he did. I'm, try I'm trying to think of his tweet. He mentioned a, a lot of guys, but I think Deshaun Hamilton was left off of that list, which I, I think is, goes back to your point of him sort of flying under the radar. I think teams are going to be surprised by him because nobody's talking about him. And then that also includes Isaac Yadam, and it includes Dave Williams, it includes 
uh, Josie Jewell, who has finally been able to get out on the field. And that's someone will be fun to watch as he gets more acclimated to the defense and, and, and to the speed of the NFL, what he can do in terms of special teams, but also when he's on the field for the defense. There's Philip Lindsay. There's Jeff Holland. I mean, th- this draft class, I mean, it's hard to rave about it when it's just practice. But when they're consistently some of the best performers on the field, that says a lot because we we you always hear no matter what level of sport you play, how you practice is how you play. And if you're consistently one of the best people on the practice field, like Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton and Bradley Chubb and Royce Freeman and Dave Williams and Jeff Holland, Isaac Yadam have been, that that's what leads to the excitement. Obviously, you want to you want to temper the expectations a little bit because they haven't played a game, but that's one of the other reasons Saturday against the Vikings is so, is so exciting is because they're going to finally go against another opponent. They're finally going to be able to play real football as as much of it as real in the preseason is. No, it's you're absolutely right, and it's it's really um, it's exciting. I think we talked about tempering the excitement, but come come Saturday, we're going to have an opportunity to see some things. You mentioned an aspect on the field that. Uh, I want to touch on, and it's it's special teams. I think one of the areas last year that was such a disaster was special teams. And this year, uh, heading into the season, it looks like the Denver Broncos could, you know, could have the opportunity to turn things around uh, when it comes to the special teams. You know, McManus didn't have a, a great year last year. Brandon McManus struggled a little bit. I think that if he can if he can be right, if he can be back to what he was. Uh, and, and statistically, he hasn't been terrible. If you look at his stats, they're about the same, but it's just misses in the wrong place, that kind of thing. If he can get consistency, that's good. But also, it's it's about field position with special teams, and it looks like they're going to have an opportunity to to be really good out there. Um, and and that's something I'm going to be looking for. I want to watch and see, you know, how does special teams, uh, how do they come out? Are they able to return punts without f- putting the ball on the ground? Are they able to catch punts? Do they, you know, are they able to switch the field if necessary? If you know you had to put the, a three and out, can you, you know, get a big punt out there that sort of allows you to switch the field? That'll be something I'm interested in watching as well. Well, the reason that the Broncos special teams struggled last year is because they didn't have 22 Janos. <laughs> it's true. If you could find 22 Janos and just put them all out on the field then I think you're golden. You know, you, you actually, you mentioned Janovich. We don't talk about Janovich anymore. Remember the legend of Janovich? Andy Janovich was going to be uh, an incredible contributor. He was going to be the next Howard Griffith. He's, he's gone. He's disappeared. I don't, I don't hear his name unless it's jokingly like that. Is, is Andy Janovich long for this team or is he going to be a cut? I think that's a, a, an interesting aspect that we haven't really mentioned. I only bring it up because you mentioned him. I didn't even think about it until just now. I think what's interesting about him is you have a guy in Austin trailer who can do what Janovich does sort of as an H back hybrid type where, I mean, he's a phenomenal blocking tight end. Mm -hmm. So if, if you want to use that aspect in your offense, 
Trailer can do it just as well as Janovich can. But the thing that that gives Janovich maybe maybe a slight edge is what he can do on special teams. I think that's where you find the role that he plays. And I, I don't know the kind of of role that Janovich plays in this offense with Bill Musgrave. I've seen them the, the times that I've been out at camp. I've seen I've seen him line up in a fullback situation where when they've done 11 on 11, they use Janovich as a fullback. So whether or not Musgrave makes that a consistent aspect of the offense remains to be seen because I think one thing is clear with Case Keenum is that he likes to throw to the running backs out of the backfield and Janovich can do that. I think it's one of the things that he's shown that he can he can do even when he only had one hand, he was still able to be an effective receiver. So I, I think I, I think that that's one of the interesting aspects to look at the roster when it comes down to who could and could not be cut is Janovich. And I think the reason that he may end up sticking around is because of what he can do on special teams, because he doesn't just plop it out there and expect it to perform. Well done. Well done. I'll give you that. That was excellent. Nicely done. Golf clap. I'm applauding. I'm doing it quietly though, because nobody wants to hear that. Very nicely done. Yeah. Andy Janovich, the legend of Andy Janovich. I mean, they, they tweeted out a, a, they tweeted out a, a video of him hitting the sled the other day, and he was, I mean, you don't want to be a sled, because that guy just destroys sleds on the practice field, but that's all we ever really see him do now, so I'm not sure if that's really something that's going to keep him around in the league. I, I, I don't know. I would love to see it happen, but like you said, if, if, if he's going to stick, it's going to be because of what he can do on special teams, and I suppose we'll see some of that again on Saturday against the Vikings. I think um, one of the things that I, that excites me about the preseason is seeing Marquette King punt in Denver because holy crap. He booms it. I mean, he was, I mean, we, we joked about this, but he was literally aiming punts to a bucket and he consistently nails punts over 60 yards and it pins, pins the opposition inside the five yard line. I mean, I, th- I think that definitely goes back to what we talk about with field position. And, and I think it was we talked about it a ton last season. And I know, uh, I think it was Jeff Essery who had a tweet about it earlier this this uh, last week or the week before, sort of giving some numbers to it. But the Broncos are consistently starting on defense behind the eight ball last year. If you have a punter like Marquette King pinning guys, cons- pinning teams consistently in, in the, you know, inside their own 10, this defense is going to eat, you know, I mean, that's just all there is to it. So it'll be interesting to see how that, how that works out. I think he's a weapon that can be utilized in ways that the Broncos just haven't had that recently. And so it'll be nice to see that happen for sure. Um, what about the, I guess if, if you're looking at this team and you know, you're looking at uh, the first strings going out there and just trying not to get hurt and then they're done. And the second string is going out there and looking for ways to kind of make that, you know, you, you want to get yourself on film, right? You want to, you want to make an impact. You want to have some things happen. That's great. As you get further on through the game, you're going to see a lot of guys out there that their, their football careers are, are, are shorter than the other guys on the field, right? Is there anybody in that group that sort of way back in the pack group that you think can, 
come up from the back and find a, find a spot on the team, not necessarily based on what happens against Minnesota, but just sort of maybe starting from there. There's a couple of guys in terms of like the receiver core, and even if they don't make the roster, they could potentially be practice squad candidates. So guys like Don Diars, there's Jordan Leslie, uh, Tim Patrick, um, Austin Trailer. I mean, and, and Trailer's obviously done enough to where I think he's in the discussion now to make the 53-man roster. So <clears throat> whether or not that leads to any of them becoming contributors remains to be seen. I think what we have yet to see, because we don't really get to see it in practice, is what they do on special teams. I mean, that that's how you stand out. I mean, think about Terrell Davis. Right. He was he was seconds away from getting on a plane and leaving Tokyo and giving up on the NFL, down a couple hot dogs, and then minutes later he was told to, to get in on special teams. Blew a guy up. With a, a belly full of rotten meat in his stomach, so that that's how you make an impact. Is special teams? That's how you make yourself stand out in the preseason. So if you if you're one of those guys who's fighting to keep his dream alive of staying in the NFL, put on that tape of what Terrell Davis did in Tokyo, because that's how you make your name stand out. That's how you rise above it and say, hey, this kid needs to be given a chance. Yeah, no, I, you, name, you threw some good names out there. It's just that's kind of what you're going to be watching on Saturday. You're not going to watch Case Keenum go out there and run, uh, you know, run the regular offense. It's not going to be, uh, you know, week one, go out there and, and, you know, put everybody out there and see what happens. It's going to be, you know, okay, go out there, run a few plays, don't get hurt, and then let's get out of there and let everybody else kind of filter through. And so what you really want to pay attention to is the guys who are fighting to make this team, the, the second string, the third string, even the fourth string guys, and see if any of them make an impact, make you, you know, sort of go, guys that make you go, whoa, I want to see what this guy does on the next play. That's what you're really looking for. Um, and I also think the other thing you're, you might, we might want to watch is just that offensive line, the second string offensive line, especially um, the, the Broncos' offensive line is so tenuous. It seems like they've maybe found a fix, right? We won't know until they get out there and they actually play. But if you look at the what they've got going on on the offensive line, you got your Garrett Bowles at left tackle, Ron Leary at, at left guard, Paradis at center, and then right guard is going to be Veldheer, and then is it McGovern at right guard? Or left yes. left tackle is Veldheer, and right guard is right tackle is Veldheer. I'll get it right. Just give me a second. Eventually, just I'm going to work it out. Everybody's coming with me. Right tackle is Veld here, and then right guard is McGovern. See? We finally got it. We got there. Only took 10 minutes. And that's great. But then if any one of those guys goes down, you've got, uh-oh, coming in to, to back them up. And that's scary, right? The Denver Broncos are scare, a scary team if one of their starting offensive linemen go down in a not-so-good way. And so I think the other thing I'm going to be watching for, at least in my mind, is how do the second string offensive linemen get out there and protect and, and, you know, run block and pass block and all of those things, because it would be nice to have some depth at that position because it doesn't look like they do at all. That will be interesting. I think in terms of the offensive line with how the first unit struggled 
on Tuesday with the blitz package in practice. And that's where they send more than four. That's where the defense sends more than four pass rushers. So they, they sent five. The offense really struggled in picking that up. And it's a combination of things. Uh, First it's, it falls on the quarterback because he needs to be able to see where it is that the defense is loading the box, so to speak, like what side of the line, where are they coming? That's on the quarterback to pick it up. It's also on the quarterback to get rid of the ball quicker. Think about Peyton Manning and how quickly when he was being blitzed, how quick he gets rid of the football. Even Tom Brady does that to an extent, Drew Brees. So I, and then it's where, where's the, is the tight end empty? And I think a lot of it is also on the fact that the young running backs probably struggled in pass pro in that situation. So I think this is another scenario for them to improve on something that they need to improve on that they didn't do well in practice. So keep an eye on that in terms of if the Vikings send more than four people, how does Case Keenum diagnose it? Do they pick it up? Does he get a tight end to shift or motion in the right position? And how do the running backs do not necessarily Devontae Booker, but the younger guys like Royce Freeman, Dave Williams, even D'Angelo Henderson to an extent, how they do in pass pro. Because when I was out there on Sunday, Vance Joseph raved about how the young guys have been doing in pass protection. So in in blitz situations, it really does come down to tight ends and running backs. So how do the running backs, especially the rookies, do in those situations and this case Keenum diagnose it as quickly and correctly as he should. It's good stuff. I mean, it's, I'm excited. We've got football. Football's back. It's interesting. They're playing the Vikings. So you're going to, if you're a, if you're a Bronco fan who was a big time Simeon supporter, or you were one of those people that really loved Kyle Slaughter, you get to watch them play. So it's a plus for you. So that's good. I mean, this is this is great. Preseason football is here. I wish you could see Ian's face. He's not happy I brought up either Simeon or Sloter, but they deserve a mention, honorable mention. Why not? Everyone gets a gold star. That's right. Who wants a trophy? The thing that that kind of and we were talking about this before we started recording is my disappointment in the fact that the Broncos have decided to go with Steve Levy as the TV preseason play-by-play guy with Brian Greasy. And the last couple of years, it's been Ron Zapolo. And for those like your old man and all the other locals, Ron Zapolo is a freaking legend Yeah, in Denver media. Denver he legend. really is a legend. The stash. And... I, I think it, it's disappointing that the Broncos booted him in favor of Steve Levy. I mean, nothing against Steve Levy. He does college football with Brian Greasy, so they obviously have a rapport over the last couple of years. But eh. why you got to do why you got to do, yeah. do the locals dirty like that? Why you got to do Ron's Apollo dirty like that? Ron didn't do nothing to you. You know, it's it's interesting you bring that up and. and when you brought it up before we started, I didn't really, hadn't really thought about it. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. But it is disappointing. And, you know, 
I, I to me, this is an attempt by the Broncos to try and grab some sort of national spotlight with their preseason stuff. And I'm not sure how bringing in a Steve Levy does that other than, hey, we got an ESPN guy doing our play-by-play. Uh, okay, so what? Who cares? Um, I really you, like... You brought, an, you brought up an interesting point. If you want to do a national guy with ESPN flavor, why not do a guy who went to CU and that's Chris Fowler? Chris Fowler would have been great. He's a... He's a He's a and college he's a Broncos football guy, fan. and he's a Broncos fan, and he's, he's he went to CU. I, you know, to me, that's one of the ones that they missed on that one for sure. But I like I liked your idea, and this is actually something I remember doing as a kid. When you mentioned it, and, and I thought, yeah, it's a good idea. But we actually used to do this. It was tricky because it was it would get frustrating. But if we didn't like who was calling the game when I was a kid, so if we didn't get like Dick Emberg, right? We loved Dick Emberg. So if we didn't get Dick Emberg, or if we didn't get, I'm trying to think of somebody else that we would have we would have enjoyed listening Pat to. Yeah, Pat Summerall would have been good, but she didn't get him much because he was Fox and they didn't, you know, the, the AFC NFC thing back then. Amberg was so that would have been so that would have been NBC towards the later Exactly. Yes. The late eighties. Late eighties would have been CBS in the mid eighties. Right. So later eighties, early nineties, it would have been NBC. There you, there you go. You're picking it up. You're getting it. And uh we would turn off the the sound, you know, you'd mute the sound on the TV and turn on the radio, and we'd listen to the radio. And I liked your idea of doing a simulcast of Dave Logan and Rick Lewis doing the radio and just having that be the, the audio for the the telecast. And I think that's a great way to do it because, uh, you know, Dave Logan is another guy who's kind of a, become a Colorado institution as far as, you know, he's got his afternoon talk show on uh, KOA. And then also, I, I assume he still has that not being a local, which apparently is a terrible thing. I've been I've been told over recent uh, days that I'm not local, so I'm no good. That sort of has started to come back a little bit. Um, but I assume he's still got his afternoon talk show. And then he's been doing Bronco games for, I mean, he how many years now? Is it twenty five almost? At, at least that, because obviously when we Super would Bowl. do that, when we did that as a kid. It was Larry Zimmer. That's right. And then towards the early to mid nineties, yeah. Now I want to say ninety four, ninety five, somewhere. In Dave there. Logan stepped in and and started doing kind of like color, but mm-hmm. also co play by play with Larry Zimmer. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be awesome. And he, and for those who are from Colorado and know Rick Lewis. It would be even better to occasionally have floor wax show up and do the random dick joke. Yeah, I mean, if you can find floor wax, apparently he's dropped off the map. So if you can find him, let us know. Uh, tweet it at us. Tell us where he's at. We'll see if we can't get him to to come help out with some of the some of the with some of the radio stuff going on for the Broncos. Because I'm sure Rick really misses working with floor wax. I'm just sure of it. Well, I mean, it's a Colorado institution, isn't it? 103.5 The Fox, Lewis and Floorwax. I remember those were fun mornings. They were interesting. Yeah, they were. They certainly were. So um, anything else we need to touch on here? I mean, we're, we're, we're talking football now. Well, I did want to, to bring up the fact that we about a month ago, we had stand-up comedian, author, and huge Broncos fan, Brant Tobler. Oh, yeah. On the show, he's actually doing a stand-up act at the Comedy Works in Denver. So that'll be in uh, the Denver Tech Center cool. on August 21st at 7.30 p.m. 
Nice. That's a Tuesday. And check that out. Brant Tobler gave an offer to those who listened to his episode with us to anyone who wanted to go to his show. So if you want to go to his show, if you're in the area or if you're from his native Wyoming or you're in Nebraska, Kansas, New Mexico, Utah, wherever, listen to that podcast, listen to his offer, hit him up and and check it out. I will be there with my wife. I'm looking forward to it. So we can meet up. We can talk Broncos. Maybe have a, a drink with Brant. But listen to that podcast. Listen listen to his offer and, and hit him up if you want to go to it. Yeah. And and if you haven't heard the stories that he told on that podcast, unbelievable. And I'll be honest, that particular podcast, that recording was one of the funnest we've done. It started off pretty slow, as you recall. And and then he got going on some things, and he is he's hilarious. He's one of the funniest guys I've ever had the pleasure of speaking to. And uh, you know, I just keep waiting for him to come to Chicago and do a show, so I could go out and and see one of his shows and check him out because he's hilarious. And even if you're not going to go see his show, you got to listen for the stories he tells because it's it's great stuff, and it's it's worth it. It's worth the price of admission, if you will. So, and if you want to get a good idea of the kind of humor he has go to branttobler.com and watch his bit from comedy central about the time he wanted to kill his dad <laughs> or the time his dad taught him how to shadow box in the shower that was another great one. Oh, those are fun stuff those are fun things so definitely do that uh, again check out uh, breakingt.com go to ryan edwards or, or check out my twitter feed uh, i got a pinned tweet there where you can click on the link to go grab yourself that orange rush shirt it's a it's a fantastic shirt. It's a, it's sort of that vintage look. Definitely a cool play on Orange Crush, and it's got a nice old mountains in the background. You'd love to have it in your arsenal uh, as a Denver Broncos fan for sure. Um, and then make sure you're jumping on the iTunes or the Google Play or the Stitcher or uh, where else are we, Ian? We're we're in a lot of places. Wherever you well, find only, us, the only place to really review us is on iTunes. Right, rate, but review, rate, review, and and if you if you enjoy the show, spread the word, get some get some word of mouth, tell tell everybody who will listen to to listen to the podcast. Listen, and people will listen to you, maybe they will listen to us. So let them know we'd love to we'd love to hear from you and and love to have them jump on and hear what we've got going on here. Anything else? I think that's it. I we're think on. we're on to the first preseason game. And oh. I want to lay another Easter egg. Adam found out the special thing that we have coming up for the podcast. Because I'm pretty smart. I think I think uh I think it's safe to say that listeners are going to probably enjoy this podcast more than any other podcast that we've done. And it won't be because of anything that we do. <laughs> Is it ever? <laughs> Well, it'll be especially true with this one. I know. I'm excited. I really am. And I, uh, I, I can't contain myself. So, in the meantime, we're on to Minnesota. We're on to some actual football. And uh, here we go. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. 
those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.